ideal student so in this episodes we will see what are the different features or the attributes a student need to have to be an ideal student and it's a book from the jkn publications which i'm reading out by sheikh mufti saiful islam all praises are for allah the most gracious the most merciful may peace and salutations be upon our beloved prophet muhammad peace be upon him the best of mankind and upon his family his righteous companions and all those who follow their exemplary lifestyles until the last day islam attaches great value to students of ilm knowledge students are therefore required to adhere to certain etiquettes when seeking ilm we learn the importance of this aspect through the example of our pious predecessors and scholars who illustrated excellency in adab and akhlaq of seeking knowledge as students of knowledge we should learn from the advices given by sheikh mufti saiful islam sahib may allah preserve him and prolong his life and follow his approach who is truly an inspiring teacher and a role model for all of us apart from him there are many inspiring teachers whom we can learn from to rejuvenate islamic etiquettes in us yes it is obvious we have lots of teachers who are into the same category of a role model advice for the students of din ba hakimul umma sheikh ashraf ali tanwi rahmatullah alai some of our students of din assume we shall do amal that is we shall practice the laws after completion of studies this idea is totally erroneous right the sin which you fail to abandon today the obedience which you refuse or which we refuse to adopt today and your lack of control of the nerves today because you leave it free will increase further later later that is after studies to a greater extent you will be unable to abandon the sin you will then not be able to adopt obedience nor control the nerves on the contrary it is simpler to act today while you are engaging in the pursuit of knowledge as time passes akhlaq razila that is evil habits will become stronger and rooted all the complaints and criticisms the general public have against the scholars are account are on account of their corrupt moral condition by amal that is practice of deen it is not being referred to abundance of nawafil sala and fasting etc by the grace of allah you do engage in these acts of worship the focus here is on the different acts rather it is the moral character that is concerning abandon all sins of the heart and gaze etc be concerned with measures to remedy these illnesses of the heart 
never come near to greed as a result of this disease of greed you will fall in the expectation of the worldly people wherever there is the slight sign of this state do not go near it never adopt any measures to gain the favor of wealthy people even if you are in dire need of financial help be completely independent after a tiresome day at school she returns home takes a quick shower and heads for tv once again it is as if she would be unable to swallow her morsel of cheese and onion pie without glaring at the tv screen it is as if it will disturb the digestion of the pie if she did not wage war of words against her brothers and sisters instead of trying to strengthen the bond with her fellow family members she runs off upstairs into her bedroom and stays there the next 4 to 5 hours with her laptop and mobile phone both of them as her lifelong companion how i wish and pray she would stop rambling on about losing weight and consider having her meals without the tv switched on only if she could make use of this crucial time to engage and bond with her parents and siblings rather than spending futile hours in the bedroom and giving precedence to friends visualize being bedridden after an unfortunate event who would be the tower of support and care for you at a time as such then why not exhibit love and affection daily to sweet mother devoted father and lovely brothers and sisters why not do khidma of poor mom by lending her a helping hand in the household chores the time for her favorite night show approaches and there is no better way than heartlessly bribing her brothers and sisters to allow her to switch her channel as she huddles comfortably into the leather sofa she becomes deaf to her mother's voice who is continuously summoning her to take out the bins for tomorrow's collection day the clock hits midnight and she is the only one remaining in the living room glued to the tv unfortunately for her she is unable to keep awake any longer as now her mother compels her to go to bed after a series of spiteful remarks she aggressively makes her way towards her bedroom not long before she jumps into bed she turns to her mobile phone and engrosses herself in a lengthy conversation with her friend before she finally makes her transition to a dreamland how i wish and pray she would bicker and exercise her bribing techniques with her siblings for a more virtuous cause that is for the holy quran or for a prayer mat i wish she would leap to her feet at the first call from her mother with eagerness for reaping the rewards of doing khidma of her parents 
I pray that she accepts the sinful and disruptive nature of TV, thus safeguarding herself from vices as such. I wish she would end her day with some form of the Holy Quran recitation and sweet goodnight words to fellow family members. I wish and I pray that she embeds such righteous actions and deeds in her daily life, inviting the peace and blessings of Allah. I wish and I pray that she defends and shields herself from such sinful and immoral actions, which daily incur the wrath of Allah. How I wish and pray. Khari Muhammad Khayyam related that intense fighting and bloodshed erupted prior to the Indo-Pak partition of 1947. He said that a very beautiful daughter of a very rich man in a certain community stepped out of her house to visit her aunt, who lived no more than a few streets away. Suddenly, a riot erupted as she had gone halfway and she found herself trapped with apparently nowhere to go. She saw a masjid nearby and quickly went inside, sitting in the women's section. The rioting continued late into the night and this girl did not know what to do. The custodian of the masjid was a very young student there. And late at night, when he walked through the masjid, before locking up, he noticed this beautiful young lady. He was a respectful young man who feared Allah subhanahu ta'ala and so politely asked her to leave, saying that if she was found here, then both would be dishonored and thrown out. She pleaded to him because of the extreme danger outside. So he agreed that she could spend the night and sat down to study at the opposite end of the masjid. The girl was unable to sleep with the events of the day in her mind and so watched the young man sat studying by the candlelight at the opposite end of the masjid. She kept watching him and was very surprised at something she saw. From time to time, this young man would extend his hand and keep it over the open flame, only withdrawing it when the flame obviously only withdrawing it when the flame obviously became unbearable. He then would resume his studies and continued this throughout the night until the dawn broke. The young man called the Adha and asked the girl to leave before the congregation started coming to pray, since everything had calmed outside. She agreed on the condition that he tells her why he was placing his hand on the candle flame throughout the night. The young man said that was his own business, but the girl refused to leave until he told her what she wanted to know. The young man gave in and said, I am at the age of youth and strong desire. We were alone and my desire war, was increasing. And although I was studying, the devil 
would occasionally put temptation in my heart hence whenever i would feel any temptation i would put my hand on the flame and my fingers would burn i would say to myself that this flame is nothing compared to the fire of hell the girl left the masjid and reached home calming her parents fears as to what had happened to her she also confided in her mother that she wanted to marry the custodian of the masjid near their house she related the night's events to her parents and said that only such a man with true fear of allah subhanahu wa taala in his heart can be true to his wife only such a man who truly fears allah subhanahu wa taala can fulfill a wife's rights properly hence the poor custodian of the masjid earned the daughter of a rich household in marriage he received this honor not because of his looks but because of his character everything disintegrates and turns to dust but character remains strong honor is not bestowed because of handsome clothes or beautiful jewelry but because of what is in the heart knowledge is only beneficial when it is captured within the heart and not merely written in books sayyiduna sahl ibn sa'd radhiyallahu anhu narrates that the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said whoever can guarantee the chastity of what is between his two jaw bones that is his tongue and what is between his two legs that is a guarantee paradise for him an important message to the students of deen offering some nasihat for those pursuing the knowledge of deen sheikh ashraf ali thanvi rahmatullah alaihi said i address the students of deen with utmost respect i have some advice to offer your need to the community is only on account of knowledge and righteous deeds without these you have no value remember that the more delicious a food is the quicker it rots and develop a foul smell just as it is beneficial in its condition of goodness so too will it be corrupt and harmful in its state of decay it is therefore essential that you become concerned with your moral reformation that is islah your islah can be achieved in two ways one way is to search for a pious teacher from whom you acquire the knowledge of deen never join the company of an irreligious teacher the time of acquiring knowledge is the period of sowing the seeds secondly after having spent some time in the acquisition of knowledge stay in the company of some friends of allah subhanahu wa taala only then you will you gain the qualification for becoming a servant of deen nowadays students deceive themselves with the idea that they will practice righteousness after completion of their studies this is the downright devil's trick which will deprive the student from righteous deeds throughout his life he will not gain the ability for performing amal remember that first impression do not return
the initial impression and effect should be valued in the initial stage the impression which one gains while acquiring knowledge and the effect of having gained awareness of deeds of reward and sin are very special if the student takes advantage of this initial impression and acts accordingly it will benefit him enduringly if he ignores the tawfiq and abstains from giving it practical expressions in the form of righteousness and abstention from sin the ability will be eliminated this ability this ability will not easily return if the injunctions and the warnings of the holy quran and hadith which you are pursuing academically do not impact your heart during your students day, days what hope is there for the future when you study with the intention of the days of knowledge not being the time for amal then there cannot be hope for the knowledge to exercise a beneficial influence on you in later life qualities of a student a few qualities that should be found in every student i know some of the qualities will develop with time do not be sad try your best to patiently and gently instill these qualities in you so few of the qualities as follows sincerity attaining the pleasure of allah subhanahu wa taala is the purpose of every believer's life and everything he or she does should be a step towards that ultimate goal inshallah secondly devotion a student must be aware of the blessing and responsibility that allah subhanahu wa taala has gifted them with the power to memorize the power to recognize the good and bad and etc concentration always try to eliminate the distractions self discipline always remember this statement for the self discipline practice makes a man perfect patience just remember any effort that pleases allah subhanahu wa taala shall never go in vain continue trying your best in any of your studies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make it easier for you and he will allow you to reach your goals inshallah just have patience and faith and the next quality is gratitude Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the holy quran la in shakartum azidannakum if you express gratitude i shall certainly give you more 
If you express gratitude, I shall certainly give you more. Humility It is natural for students, children, adults alike to compare themselves to their peers and sometimes students begin to think of themselves as better than others. Always remember, the heavier the fruit, the lower the branch bows. So similarly, the more knowledge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a person, the more humble the person should become. As we are absolutely nothing compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala infinite greatness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us on the straight path and may He bless us to excel in everything with, we try with love and happiness. Amen. The Call for Knowledge by Yunus Ali I always wanted to reach the top and to get there I have to climb every rock. I know this knowledge cannot be sold. This road is bumpy as I was told. I have got ups and downs but this is my call because success is about rising after we fall. This is legacy you just can't buy. A light from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that doesn't die. This is a message to the, every student. Something awaits for us that hasn't been seen. The mountains may be high and the rocks will be cold. But on top something awaits better than diamond and gold. So carry on climbing with your dignity and pride. Don't let anything confront you or put you to a side. All I say is watch your actions because they just might make you fall. It's not in your it's not in our hands. It is up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who he calls. Having a hadith book in front of us is a great eminence which many of us take it for granted. Carelessly flipping through the pages and then whipping the book shut. It is one of the many flagrant ways we treat such books. Yet little do we ever consider how many hadith scholars endured immense hardship throughout their life to quench their thirst for this sacred mastery. Many hadith scholars traveled extensive distances for acquiring hadith. A prime example of this is the distinguished Baqi ibn Makhlad who took up this momentous journey in search for hadith. Baqi ibn Makhlad was a Spanish scholar born in the year 201 AH after Hijri. While growing up, he was a very aspiring and intellectual young man who was well versed in numerous Islamic subjects. Throughout his life, throughout his life, he studied with about 284 teachers. Baqi ibn Makhlad 
Rahmatullahi intense journey in order to meet Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi alayhi, is worthy of remembrance. It illustrates his passion and zeal for hadith. Baqi ibn Makhlad Rahmatullahi alayhi, heard of the great Imam while he was a resident in Spain and his immense knowledge in hadith. A burning desire arose in him to meet his to meet this worthy scholar. So he made the venturous decision to travel to Iraq on foot. He crossed approximately 2,000 miles by foot only. However, he was unaware that Imam Ahmad was placed under house arrest and was banned from narrating hadith. Due to his intense opposition against Mu'tazilas who held the opinion that the Quran was created. The correct view is that the Quran is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is uncreated. Nevertheless, he eventually arrived in Baghdad and after much inquiries of Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi alayhi residence, he went to his house and knocked on the door. Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi alayhi came out and asked, Who are you? Baqi ibn Makhlad Rahmatullahi alayhi I am Baqi ibn Makhlad. Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi alayhi Where have you come from? Baqi ibn Makhlad Rahmatullahi alayhi replies, From Andalusia. Where is that North Africa? Was then questioned by Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi alayhi And in answer he got, a reply from Baqi ibn Makhlad as further than North Africa. Imam Ahmad was astounded as to where he had come from that he sought confirmation again with Baqi ibn Makhlad that he had actually come from such a far distance to which Baqi ibn Makhlad replied, Yes. However, Imam Ahmad broke to him the disheartening news that he was under house arrest and was not allowed to narrate a hadith. He also further explained that to keep himself and Baqi out of trouble, he should return back to Spain, otherwise he should go and narrate a hadith from other scholars. In spite of this disheartening news, Baqi ibn Makhlad Rahmatullahi was not ready to leave Baghdad without acquiring hadith from the Honorable Imam. Baqi ibn Makhlad Rahmatullahi devised an effective plan whereby he could acquire knowledge of hadith in spite of the political tension. This evidently showed his true earning for hadith. He told Imam Sahib, Every day I will come dressed like a beggar with the utensil in my hand and wander around the street saying anything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until I come to your house and will take some hadith from you. Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi agreed with this plan and was set into action the very next day. Baqi ibn Makhlad Rahmatullahi the next day dressed like a beggar with the utensil in his hand. He started saying this remark in the streets until he came to the door of Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi the great Imam would instantly get him inside in the passage and would narrate him to him five, ten, or maybe even fifteen ahadith. He would then then 
tell Bahi Ibn Makhla Ramatullah to come back tomorrow. Bahi Ibn Makhla Ramatullah would then return the next day and he would have memorized those ahadith. This daily strategy continued for some time until Imam Sahib's release from house arrest. Subhanallah. Compared to his former wealthy lifestyle in Spain, now he has he was walking around the streets dressed in tatters, disguised as a beggar, saying anything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this for the sake of acquiring hadith. After a lengthy amount of time in Baghdad, Pak ibn Makhla Ramatullah made his way back to his homeland with his heart and mind filled with the saints of the Holy Prophet. When he finally reached Spain, he became a celebrated scholar of great eminence and excellence. Thousands flocked to him from far distances, eager to be in his company and learn from him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not waste his efforts and surely gave him the barakah and fruits of his hard work. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself mentions, Allah doesn't waste the reward of those who do good. On the account of Baqi ibn Makhlats, Rahmatullah commitment, dedication and perseverance in his pursuit of hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made him surpass his own teacher, Imam Muhammad Rahmatullah Imam Muhammad's Musnad contains about 30,000 ahadith while the Musnad of Baqi contains even more ahadith. For example, Imam Muhammad Rahmatullah narrates 2029 ahadith from Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Umar while Baqi ibn Makhlad narrates 20,630 hadith from him. Furthermore, Imam Ahmad Ramatullah narrates 3,879 hadith from Sayyiduna Abu Huraira Lahu, while Baqi ibn Makhlad narrates a staggering 5,374 hadith from the same companion. Tragically, the Masnad of Baqi ibn Makhlad Ramatullah Tullahallahi did not survive long enough to reach us due to invasions of foreign nations over Andalusia. However, there are some scholars that have benefited from this Masnad, who seems to be the last scholar to have quoted a hadith directly in his works from the Masnad of Baqi ibn Makhlad. Until this day, the Masnad of Baqi is nowhere to be found in any home or library. Adab of the classroom. Enter the class with the right foot and leave the classroom with the left. Make salam when entering and leaving the classroom. Arrive punctually to the lesson after visiting the toilet and performing wudu at home or in the institute. Sit in a respectful manner without leaning against the wall or resting the arms on the table. When the teacher is talking or explaining something, then listen with full attention and concentration. When the teacher is teaching, follow the lesson attentively. Show good behavior at all times. Avoid doing anything which will hurt or disturb anyone. Come smartly dressed in an Islamic uniform. Always keep the books on the bookshelf. Do not put anything on top of the Holy Quran except another Holy Quran. Do not sit or lean on the teacher's cushion. Raise your hand when you want to ask. 
Only speak when permission has been granted. Do not jump over the table. Do not use anyone's item without their permission. Give and take with your right hand. Always keep give it in the hand. Never throw across the class. Do not write on the tables or the walls. Chewing gums is strictly forbidden forbidden in the class at all times. Mobile phones should not be brought to the class, but bullying of any form will not be tolerated. A letter signed by a parent or guardian must be brought for absence, coming late, leaving early, and before going on holiday. Do we learn anything from this? At least one point. All the best. Shaitan's meeting. Shaitan summoned a worldwide meeting of his jinns. In his opening address, he said, "We can't stop the believers from going to the masjid. We can't stop them from reading the holy Quran and knowing the truth. We can't even prevent them from forming an intimate relationship with their Allah Subhanahu wa Taala." and his beloved messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam once they gain that connection with allah subhanahu wa taala our power over them is broken so let them go to their masjids let them have their covered dish dinners but still but steal their time so they don't have time to develop a relationship with allah subhanahu wa taala and the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam What I want you to do is distract them from gaining hold to their Lord and maintaining that vital connection throughout their whole day. How shall we do this? His jins asked. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds. He answered. Tempt them to spend, spend, spend and borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade their wives to go to work for long hours and the husbands to work six to seven days a week, ten to twelve hours a day, so they can afford their empty lifestyles. Keep them away from spending time with their children. As their families break up, soon their homes will offer no escape from their pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so that they cannot hear that still. small voice voice indulge them to play the radio or cassette player whenever they drive keep the tv vcr series and their pcs going constantly in their homes and see that every store and restaurant in the world plays music constantly this will jam their minds and break the union with allah subhanahu wa taala and the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam fill the coffee tables with magazines and newspapers Pound their minds with the news twenty-four hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Flood their mailboxes with junk mail. Mail order catalogs and every kind of newsletter and promotional offering, free products, services, and falsehoods. Keep slim and beautiful models on the magazines and TV so their husbands will believe that outward beauty is what's important. What's important, 
and they will become dissatisfied with their wives keep the wives too tired to love their husbands at night give them headaches too if they don't give their husbands the love they need they will begin to look elsewhere that will break their families quickly give them story books to distract them from teaching their children the real meaning of salah keep them too busy to go out in nature and reflect upon allah subhanahu wa taala creation send them to amusement parks sporting events plays concerts and movies instead keep them busy 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 and when they meet for spiritual fellowship follow them in gossip and small talk so that they will leave with troubled minds crowd their lives with so many good causes so they have no time to seek the power from allah subhanahu wa taala soon they will be working in their own strength sacrificing their health and family for the good of the cause it will work it will work it was quite a plan the jinns listened to all of this and proceeded towards their assignments causing muslims everywhere to get busier and more rushed going here and there having little time for their lord and their families having no time to tell others about allah subhanahu wa taala and the holy prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and no time to change their lives i guess the question is has the devil been successful in his schemes you be the judge